If you need time to think about something, take it. Don't right. feel the need to make an impulsive decision. Yeah. That's what my dad used to say. You know what, Jim? My dad had that same saying. His really? was very similar. He probably stole it from my dad. <laughs> my dad could beat your dad up. Those two guys were arguing and rivals just like you at one point. I've got another acronym for you. Oh, no. What's your acronym, Jason? I want to write this one down. It's the IBE. The industrial buying engine is the newest innovation by the team at Thomas to help you grow your industrial business. Oh, yeah. I heard about the industrial buying engine. You can drive more revenue by reaching Thomas's one and a half million verified buyers in a streamlined three-step process. One, message those buyers. Two, quote projects. And three, get paid. You bet. The industrial buying engine is accessible from your company's ThomasNet dashboard. Get your free profile today at thomasnet.com slash claim to get started with Thomas and the industrial buying engine. And don't forget, listeners of the podcast, get 25% off subscription with code CHIPS25. Hey, boys, you know what gives me the Christmas spirit? What's that? Mariah Carey singing All I Want for Christmas? Actually, yes, but the okay. Making Chips theme song. <laughs> if the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Let's make some chips. Welcome to Making Chips. I'm your host, Nick Golner. Hey, I'm Nick. here with my two friends, co-hosts, Jason Zanger. And for the last time. Yes, this is it. Thank Jim. goodness. Thank Finally. Car. I know. Finally, I drove him out of here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He, it was one too many jokes. One too many age jokes. The straw broke the camel's back. They're putting me to rest. Well, I mean, Nick's like, like an old dog. Nick's They're just putting the nail in the, the coffin yes. with his joke in the title, Classic Car. Yeah, yeah. yeah classic AKA. Car. Yeah. What does that mean, Nick? It just means it's one of those things you just put some wax on and you let it sit out front and, and you never sit. drive it. <laughs> you don't look at it. That's <laughs> True. <laughs> just doesn't quite work anymore, but it still looks pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and that's important. <laughs> no, but hey, despite the classic car title of the episode, there's really only one thing in this episode that has anything to do with automobiles, and it's the manufacturing news. The rest is a memorial episode. Oh, I'm just reading some of the Jim's stuff. last episode <laughs> as a host of Making Chips. So, yes. Of course, we're sad to see you go, man. Yeah. That's okay. You know what? We've been talking about this for a long time. I'm the only one that raised my hand and said, I'm going to do this. Despite like the metalworking nation hearing this perhaps for the first or the second time. I mean, we've been talking about this for a while. Like, please. No one should be crying. I've been trying to get him out for years, but <laughs> we've actually talked, been talking about it seriously for six to nine months. <laughs> seriously for about six it's or nine months. It's actually kind of like Game of Thrones. There's been a couple assassination attempts. And <laughs> there has been. <laughs> he's just got staying <laughs> That's power. a good way to say it. I was thinking more like Big Brother. So a decade almost. Almost well, a decade of memories. Eight years. Yeah. No, nine. When did we meet on that radio show? It was probably been about a decade. 2013. November 2013. Yeah, no, you said you 2014, go. I thought. No, that was when we released our first there episode. Yeah. So it would have been 2013. Oh so yeah. And I've been here for what? So four it's been or five of the nine last, years. 2018? Yeah. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah. So good run. Good run. There's a lot of things that I'm going to miss. The made up words. <laughs> 
I got them listed. Wait, plethora is not a made up word. Plethora. Did I used to say? You say there's a plethora of reasons that you're retired. Oh, plethora. Plethora. Yeah. Plethora. Yes. It's the enunciation. If that they I go get. back, they'll hear plethora or epitome. <laughs> this is <laughs> the epitome of your podcasting career, the epitome. Or one that became one of our core values. Yes, of I love that. Multi-dynamic. Yes. Sounds real, but it's definitely not. It's pretty sexy, I'm going to admit. It's pretty multi-dynamic, yeah. word. But the one that I think is most relevant <laughs> is when something doesn't go your way, Jim, you say, I'm not going to cry. No, I'm not going to cry. No tears. More laughs than tears, absolutely. That's for sure. Also, some lessons that I've learned just from knowing you. And What's that? I'm not done knowing you. No, you guys You're act not like dead. I'm going to go to Florida and go to a retirement community. We're going to visit you every Quite once in a while. I'll bring you a bunt cake. I'm going to probably be going faster than I ever have, which we'll I don't dive know into if the I'm, lessons. Yeah. Well, maybe if you're lucky, we'll invite you to come back as a guest host and yeah, that future could be podcast. Really cool. But before that, there was something about cars in, in this episode, and it's C A R S or C A R R S? C A R S. Okay. So I was with a big name machine tool builder recently, and one of the things they said is there's really no new automobile projects that are getting started in Motor City. Right? Yeah. Apparently there's going to be a glut of inventory too next year. Yeah, And so they're like all the new investments for manufacturing additional models is in the Southeast or Mexico. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to look that up and see what the data says. Interesting. So, hmm. so you're talking about like Tennessee, Carolinas, yeah, those places. Yeah. Georgia, Yeah, I Alabama. know Tennessee's got some new plants coming online, too. Absolutely. That's our next target so Detroit for opening up a branch. is not a thing anymore. Well, I it's mean... It's not that it's not a thing. It's like the old car. It's just, it's part of the past. <laughs> All the listeners from Michigan are like, what the well, heck are you talking everyone's about? Everyone's going EV, right? Yeah. I mean, EV is going to be like it. the focus is shifting to the South. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's not Detroit's fault. It's just, this is where the automotive manufacturers... Are putting their emphasis. Sure. And that's a whole nother discussion. So like there's a graph here that you guys can't see because you're listening to the podcast, but the investments announced by automakers in the US. So since 2017, it was like 20.7 billion in the US total. 6.7 was in the Great Lakes and 11.8 was in the South. So more since 2017. In 2010, it was 92 billion of the 213 was in the Great Lakes and 61 billion was in the South. So it's flipped. 2021, it's 36.2 billion total. 9.9 billion is Great Lakes and 22.4 billion is in the South. So you're starting to see it shift as far as like where the new investments are. It doesn't mean that nothing's going on in Detroit. It's just becoming more focused on the South, which I thought was interesting. And it's a shift. It's a change. It's a change. It's a change. And just like I me, mean, we're having a change at making chips. Right. We talked about this on the last episode. We have some great things coming. It's kind of yes. like you're replacing those classic cars with EVs. Jason's well, sweet Tesla. That's the next iteration of making chips. Yes, yes. By no means is making chips retiring. There's just one of our gas beloved cars are hosts still nice. who is. I have a gas car. You have a Tesla. Well, my wife's car. I'm oh, talking about. Go. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So we can look back. Me for since what, 2018? You guys for eight, nine years, whatever it is. And some lessons that I wanted to share that I've learned from Jim and just my experience with Jim. So the first one, if you need time to think about something, take it. Don't right. feel the need to make an impulsive decision. Yeah. That's what my dad used to say. You know what, Jim? My dad had that same saying. It really? was very similar. He probably stole it from my dad. 
<laughs> my dad could beat your dad up those two guys were arguing and rivals just like you at one point <laughs> maybe they were no but the funny thing my dad's sentiment was a little bit different but it's like I think that that's really solid advice yeah well it really is. here's exactly the quote that my dad used to say if you can hold off making a decision you're probably going to end off making a better decision you have the more time to think about it and there's something to be said on the flip side of it's that about true. being decisive yeah for you sure. want to be decisive but I think Jason may agree, but he and I would probably be on the side of impulsive, say something, yep. and then be like, oh, maybe I should have thought about that a little yeah. bit more. That's why it oh, took for six sure. to nine months for me to exit. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah he really thought, exactly, about, yeah, I really thought about it a lot. Can you give me some examples, Jim, of where taking time to think about it helped you make a better decision? There you go. I mean, just it's no secret that we've been trying to plan my exit for a long time. It's just a lot of up and downs. Oh, gosh, buying my building, investing in infrastructure, buying new capital equipment, making a decision on an employee, lots of those things. But like in one of those examples- Taking a selfie usually takes you about 10 shots. Take 100 shots and you'll get one good one. In one of those examples that you listed, give me like maybe you would have made a different decision if you made it quicker. Like did the extra time do to help you? Do you have one? You're catching me off guard. No, I don't have one off the top of my head. Like the building or whatever. Like if I made a a quick decision and I shouldn't have? Yeah. I have done that a million times for sure. By the end of the episode, I would. Where have you lost an opportunity where you didn't make a decision quickly enough? That's another good one, yeah. Maybe on a quote. Maybe I took okay. too long to get back on a quote. Yeah. Because they say the purchasing procurement is shifting nowadays and there's better opportunity to win a proposal if you can get that quote back quick. Be inexpedient. Yes. Oh, you know, for sure. I, I know that there's certain, something. Yeah, no doubt about it. There is a metric out there right now 100%. that says the faster you can get that quote back. Well, because a lot of times it's more cost effective for a procurement professional to just get something get done, done and off their desk right. than it is to shop around totally. for Maybe a it's not less. more cost effective, but that's still how they operate. It could be. but So the trend would be it's harder to find good people. Right. So the people that you have need to be smart enough and wise enough to make good decisions. Yeah. I think so we they all know just want to get things done. Yeah. They know their shops that they go to. They know they're going to get a fair price. So if I can get a price quickly back from Zengers or from Carr or from Goldner's or whoever, I know it's going to be fair. It's going to be honest. It's going to be good. And I can just move on and right. accept it. Yeah. You don't always have to go get five quotes on everything. Mm-hmm. So first in, first out. So this sometimes. is the anti-Jim's teachings, huh? Well, yeah, I guess. In <laughs> well, a way. I mean, the, just think about the times where... Not everything is right. Yeah. Conforms to that saying that take your time to think of. Right. The thing is, if you have time to hold off making that decision, you probably... Especially you if you're really say, uncertain. Exactly. And so that's what I remember is there's been times where the three of us have, hey, what are we going to do about this in our own businesses or collectively with making chips? And it's like, why don't we take some time to think about it? You don't have to decide right you now. don't have to decide right now. My dad's saying was, and this kind of goes back to like, if I found a company to acquire or an opportunity with a client, there's always another opportunity around the corner. Absolutely. Don't feel like you have to do this one. We lose a bid to a customer. Like John will go out and find a customer, we'll quote it, and they'll come back in two seconds and say, you're too high. And I'm like, John, don't worry about it. There's going to be a hundreds more people. Plenty of fish in the sea. Plenty of people in the pipeline, right? So the second lesson. What is the second lesson, Nick? There's really only six of these lessons and other than that, everything was just like, don't do that. But no, just kidding. Oh, Number yes. two. Number two. I'm reading it now. If you're going to do something, do it with top quality or, or don't do, do, not it, do at all. it at all. Oh my God, that is totally my brand. That's the Making Chips way, right? We record in person. Yep. We try really hard to put out a quality podcast. And I would say 99% of the time we have done that. Yes. Every once in a while, there's some weird sound issues. 
Like when we tried to do the remote COVID recording. That was terrible. There was one time where we traveled. This was before you, Nick. We traveled to California to record an episode. And I guess in the back of Jim's head, he really didn't think it was a good episode. So he didn't hit the record, record button. button. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget that that was the cousin or the daughter or of Thomas, Thomas Edison or something. Something yeah. like that. And we did that not just one time. There's another oh, time. Oh, with Brandon Kane, yeah. Yeah, where we yeah. had to fly to Connecticut because yeah. we forgot to actually hit the record button. Yeah, I so. refuse to go with you guys. So yeah. I'm just like, yeah. so you yes, have to deal with your mistakes. That is <laughs> so true. If we can't do something top quality, forget it. I don't want to be part of it because it just wastes so much time. I 100% agree with you. That was something like since the very beginning of making chips, we were completely aligned. It was like, we have to do this to the nth degree. It's got to be high quality. We have to be different. The clientele that we're talking to our CEOs, leaders of manufacturing companies, and they expect that high quality. And it's our respect for our listener. Yes, absolutely. So we're not totally. going to mail it in. We're either going to do a great episode or we're not going to do it at all. Right. Because totally there's great. a lot of manufacturing podcasts out there where they're just getting, they're pumping out quantity. Yeah. If I do this many episodes, maybe I'll be as cool as Jim Carr and Jason Zenger. And if you think about how you invest in your own shop, like you take time to think about, okay, why am I going to buy the machine tool I'm going to buy? Or am I going to go into automation or whatever it is, your ERP system? And then you make a decision, then you go all in with the decision. You don't make a rash decision and you don't like tiptoe into something. But you take your time to think about it and then you jump in. Strategic decision. The right way. Yes, I agree. That's something I've picked up from you. Thank you. Number three, everyone knows like you talk about this first class experience and it's all in the details. So it really is. Things that I can learn from you and have learned from you is you present yourself as a professional. Different than I do, different than Jason does, but you really, you want to make a good presentation of yourself. You come to things prepared, you bring enthusiasm and you do the little things that make a big difference. So examples like uh, you've got this nice kind of welcome reception for your guests at car. You've got that nice little like lounge area, things that a lot of shops overlook. And I think it goes a long way. I think my new shop is a prime testament to difference in the details for sure, without a doubt. A, B, C, D are all correct. Those are all deliberate. I do make sure that I'm dressed appropriately all the time that I was on the board and during my chairmanship at the TMA, I would always wear a suit just to represent, because I'm there representing a community of people. I'm their leader, and I just think I need to be professional. People judge you based on that. If you're not presenting yourself well, you're going to get judged as, well, they don't seem like they're a leader. So it's very important. I think there's some truth to that. I come from a family where like my dad's the CEO of a big company. He's wearing sneakers all the time. I have to remind myself, hey, you know, I should probably sharpen up a little bit for this. When I don't have customer appointments and I'm just working in my office. I'm wearing a hoodie. I know Jason's a lot like that, right? We've kind of just like, oh, we're going to put sweatpants on and throw a t-shirt on and come record the podcast. But Jim's always attention to details. It's different. It's my differentiator for sure. I had a virtual meeting just yesterday with like an investment banker and I was like, forgive me guys, I'm working from home today and I got my hoodie on. They're like, that's fine. No big deal. And and I think it's just you come down to being true to yourself and people are going to judge no matter what. You know what I mean? They're going to judge you, Jim, that you overdo it and you're going to judge somebody else. No, they they won't overjudge me for overdoing it. Oh, they do. Yeah, people do. No, it's all going to be positive because it's all about building your personal brand. And I don't know if we've ever really talked about this on the show before, but I was very deliberate in what I do is developing my personal brand is just to present yourself. It's kind of a funny segue as you guys debate, like, should you dress up or should you just go as you are or whatever? The next lesson is like, you've always dared to be different. 
And yes. You are not like most manufacturing leaders. I am leaders. not. He would be more likely to wear makeup than more manufacturing leaders. No, I'm kidding about that. Oh, he does though. But the point is... <laughs> And, and as it's you like all you know, own it. Jason's That's been okay. saying this for years. I do not. <laughs> it's okay because you own it. You own what makes you different. Yeah, I do. You play different kinds of music. You uh, have a different kind of shop. You make different kinds of social media posts, whatever. You make up your own words yeah. and you pretend they're real and you own it. And so I think it's cool. Like, if you're different than everybody else, that's not always a bad thing. So it's kind of funny because people used to make fun of Steve Jobs because he's CEO of and founder of one of the biggest companies in the world. And he wore the same shirt every day. And he whatever, wore right? a turtleneck yeah. for a presentation that millions of people were watching. And no makeup. And <laughs> Zuckerberg, I think, the Facebook dude wears the same t-shirt every yeah, day or something Yeah, so it like that. doesn't equate to like how successful you are. But if you own who you are and like you said, the brand that you want to portray, people are going to make comments whether you dress up or whether you dress down. And just own it. You know what I mean? Don't try I to do. be somebody else. I think else. it's the inauthenticity that there jumps out if you're a poser or if you're presenting yourself like, hey, I'm really prepared and I'm a total professional, but you're not prepared for whatever meeting you're in and it comes out. So just own whoever you are. Number five relationships fuel growth and the community is everything. Yeah, I mean, this has been a making chips mantra for a long time. I mean, there's a reason we started exactly. the podcast in the first place. I mean, this is so true that it's all about the relationships that we develop through this. Think about the guests, the sponsors, the connections, each other. Beyond this, beyond the podcast, I think about my associations that I belong to again. TMA, three years of board service, four years in the executive team, a year being the chairman of the board at the TMA. VIA, all of those people that I've met over the last decade. We've done a good have job. fuel that. I think all of us do this. And many examples of this episode's your farewell. So we're going to talk about you. But okay, pro shop. Like you meet somebody, you figure out they've got something valuable here, and you dive into like, what can I extract from this expert? And how can he make my business, my life better? You think about even the marketing people we've met from Julie Poulos. Julie from Kathy Steele. Ivor Andrew from the North Carolina girl. I'm blanking on her name. Anne-Marie Gaines. Anne-Marie Gaines. She's about to have a baby. And that's so cool. What about our writer? Christine. Christine, Christine yes. right. So Christine Schmitz, Tony Schmitz. Yeah. Just everyone we've met along the way. EBITDA growth systems guys. Love like, those guys. So when you meet someone, you're like, hey, I think they're really the real deal. And I think they can bring value to my life and to my business. You've been able to really maximize the value of your network and your connections. You don't just meet people, think they're interesting and let them go. You're like, hey, let's figure I out I engage a way. with them. Yeah. Yes. So. And they turn it into business relationships And that's as happened well. for all of us. It's just one of the things that... What about Amper? Amper Technologies. Exactly. Yeah. It's just one of the things that when I look back, it's like, hey, let's make yeah, sure I, mean, I that's do that in my career. The biggest blessing of this podcast is that the relationships that it fuels, and it's not just... I don't think that those relationships should be just centered on us. Those relationships should be intertwined with everybody in the metalworking nation. Absolutely. And that's one of the greatest things that I see is like... One of the connections I made was two guys, Mike Payne and I forgot the gentleman's name from Colorado. I connected. I mean, they're both part of the Metalworking Nation. I connected them with each other and they got along really well and hung out at IMTS. And, and we're going to talk to Mike soon. Yeah, exactly. In the next episode. I want to put a pin in what you just said and bring it up again later because this expanding beyond the three of us and building this bigger community is a big part of how Making Chips is going to continue on without Jim. So, But before that, the last lesson is... Working hard without playing hard will kill you your stamina. And you've had a nice long career. You've been doing this for a long time. And I think when you take vacations, you take them well. You go out and you really enjoy yourself. And you build a culture of people that you can have a beer with in business. And then you actually go out and have a beer with them. I do. 
you make the time to play hard after you've worked hard. And it's honest and sincere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not inauthentic. Right, right. So if you want to have a long career, you got to take time to smell the roses. You got to enjoy your time off. You got to enjoy your vacations. And Jason, you do that too, right? Like you took a whole sabbatical once, but what do we call it? Half sabbatical or whatever it was. But yeah, for me, I probably need to do a little bit more of that. So that's a lesson I'm going to take away. I want to have a nice long career. There's, we have every intention of continuing our family business on for more generations. And you should. I don't want to be you know, 50 important. years old and just like begging to quit and retire. So. Right. And the guy I was talking about was Barry Walter Jr. He would be mad at me if I didn't remember his yes. name. Yeah. So yeah it just Barry, said him. Sorry about that, Barry. So Barry is an example of guys who text us. We have audience members who text us and... Barry, Jason's really sorry for forgetting you. Yeah. And honestly, like, yeah, this goes to the middle working nation about building these relationships. I mean, we're happy to exchange emails, text messages, whatever else. It's This is why we do it. So speaking of having a beer, let's wrap this final episode up. Do we remember to hit record on this episode? Yes, we did. Okay, good. Thank God. That would be a really great swan song. The silent that would swan be, song. Oh my God, would that be nuts? That'd be hilarious. But the last thing I want to say, Jim, is... I'm sad to see you go, but I'm not going to cry. Don't cry. <laughs> I'm not going to cry either, Jim. Don't. Yeah. Because making chips isn't going away. Well, you're yeah. not dying. We're not carrying your casket no. yet. No, no, no. Like I said, I'm going to be working harder probably more than I ever have. Yeah. And, and I'll be tuning in to your new thing. Yeah. We'd love to have you back. Maybe sure. once or twice next year. Just check in with you. I'm sure the audience would love that. Jason, we're moving in a new direction. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can imagine, think about manufacturing meets Big Brother meets The Bachelorette. (laughs) That's what the new Making Chips is going to be all about. So our vision for the future... (laughs) All of a sudden, everyone's like, yeah, steer clear of that. No, but in all honesty, the future is going to be exciting for Making Chips. So we're going to be changing the model around a little bit. You should. And Nick and I are still going to be here. We're going to still be those consistent hosts. But we're actually going to bring a seasonality to new guest hosts on the show. So we're going to continue to have three guest hosts. We're going to bring in other manufacturing leaders, names that you know, past guest hosts, shop owners who get dirty on the factory floor, who are users of a lot of the sponsors that we already have out there. And I'm super excited about what that future yeah. looks like. And Jim, you can't be in season one because it's already taken auditions and we filled all those seats, but maybe season two, you but can But there's going to be us. some diversity there. So different kinds yeah. of people. We're trying to represent the vast community of yes. manufacturing leaders with different people from different parts of the country and different industries. And you'll have to stay tuned for more detail. It's going to be that, fun but, and exciting though. Yeah, absolutely. So Jim, don't be a stranger. And Keep making chips. I will. Yeah. One more time. Break it down for us. How do we conclude the episode? If you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com. Oh, 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 oh,